Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva. This is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're talking about greed. Before we do that, though, I'd like to talk to you guys about your mail. We all know that getting your offers into the hands of people with land that you want to buy is crucial to the success of our business, and there's no better or cheaper way to do that than Rocket, Print, and Mail. Justin and I both run our business on it and couldn't be happier. It's quick, easy, and by far the most effective way to get your letters out. So go check them out at rocketprintmail.com forward slash casual Fridays. Nice. Happy Friday, sir. Hey, happy Friday. I thought for an instant, I thought for an instant here, we were going to have a special guest today. I... It sounded like a good idea. I thought it would have been a really good episode, but I, the second it came out of your mouth, I knew it wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah. So, Jessica, we really miss not having you in our studio today and, and getting the wife's perspective of land investing. So today we're going to talk about greed. Yeah. Well, I think you should do a little more. give a little more on that. I mean, Justin and his wife had a lunch date today. We did. We, they, we had a nice lunch date. went to Garcia's. The, if you've been to lunch with us, you've come into the office and had lunch. It's one of the two places we typically walk mm-hmm. with people. We're one of the three, I guess, because we do boo race too. Mm-hmm. So, And then we had a nice lunch there. We went over to the little bakery slash florist uh, next door. Oh, you did? Yeah, man. Yeah, we went in there to check to see what kind of delicatessen they had. They had she had a nice uh, vanilla almond raspberry cupcake. Mm-hmm. I had a brownie that had been in the freezer that <laughs> wasn't all the way thawed yet, but it, 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 it we enjoyed the nice little dessert, and we had a nice little sunny walk back to the office, and I said, hey, you know, you, you, should, you should be on the podcast today because I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love to hear the perspective from a wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, well, I don't know what I'm going to say. I got nothing to say. I said, they just want to hear your voice, and we'll throw you some questions. And that was a no. It was a straight up definite no. And I tried several different ways to 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 finagle this one in there. She said no, no. So now she gets talked about on the show. Told her, told her. She's <laughs> she was worried she was going to get roasted if she did it. Now she gets roasted because she didn't do it. So our topic's going to switch today. We're going to talk a little bit greed. And, and this topic is kind of funny that I had it in two different sections in my little phone because we know I keep notes of things I want to talk about. But you, the quote you brought today was. You know, with Warren, about Warren Buffett. So I'll let you tell the quote that you brought to bring this up, and it may not be word for word right now. Yeah. Now I actually heard it earlier this week because um, other entrepreneurs were talking about it because it's just that time in our, you know, cycle of everyone's business. Like, are we going into recession? Or are we not? Right. Mm-hmm. And people are talking about Warren Buffett's quote, where it's like, "Be fearful, be fearful when others are greedy, and mm-hmm. be greedy when others are fearful." Yeah. And right, and right now, everyone seems at least to be screaming in fear of the world ending, inflation going crazy, and mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen. So I was like, "Well, is it that time where we be greedy because everyone's fearful?" And then I thought, "Well, maybe that's going to uh, make people who are scared just like want to start selling everything they have to get cash." So I was like, "Man, it probably is a really good time." Yeah, and and I. I agree with you. I think there's two pieces to that. I think that there's a spot on, I'll, I'll go off data. We'll just use analytically what my last mailer, I think it was like 27, 2800 pieces of mail. Um, I sent one that was pretty specific to an area. I think it was like 1100 pieces of mail, about eight properties off that. Wow. And so 
when you look at it that way and we tell, hey, yeah, one for 3,000, you know, one for 2,500, because that's what it's been with the influx of people, people talking real estate, everybody wants to buy real estate and be a real estate investor and blah, 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 whether it's the person holding the paper already, the person you're trying to buy from, or the, the influx of investors coming in trying to put new money towards it. But when you go to a number like that, eight out of 1,100, that's a, that's a swing. <laughs> yeah, I heard you say that to someone in our office the other day, and I was like, damn, is that right? That was That's a pretty big home run that, that is and and so and it, they're not huge properties but but by i by by design this was just to throw a little bit of money over there and i've got an agent down there that said hey this is inventory i need so hey i'll, I'll load up on it and let her and let her run her magic on it for a little while but um i think i'm going to end up spending like thirty one thousand dollars all in with closing costs and everything and it all comps with comps that we we've sold over and over there for about 125,000 bucks mm. i'm like okay that's that's 90 grand. Mm -hmm. So is that being greedy? Is that being not? It's just saying, okay, that's being strategic with a little bit of money that's sitting there that's not doing anything in a bank account right now and moving it to a different area. Well, I think that's what that quote is about, right? It's not necessarily that you're greedy. It's just like, okay, everyone's scared. You need to start spending money on, yeah. stuff, on investments. But good ones too, because the next part I was going with that is like, well, people are going to be like, well, if you know everyone's scared and you spend all your money on land, are you going to be able to sell it? Yeah. Well, we all know that good properties are still selling. Yeah. Good properties priced right with everything else that we always talk about are still selling. Oh, you're exactly right. And so if you have the inventory, you do do you have to, and this is where my, my one of my quotes comes in perfectly right here, and you segued beautifully. It's like we've done this 400 plus <laughs> times together, but thank you for that. But I, I had greed causes blinders. Like you get greedy and it's, hey, I've got to make 200% or I've got to make a home run every time when in reality, if you can take it from back from the micro and looking at your one deal and say macro, say, okay, hey, right now things are a little bit different, like you said. So if it's a good property, how do I get it sold? Do I do I try to mark it up 150% or do I say, hey, you know what? Let's cut it at a discount. Let's do it at 100% and I just doubled my money. By any stretch of the imagination, a quick double is better than 99% of the, the investment world. Yeah. And so when you have that thought process, but us as land investors – we're freaking greedy, man. <laughs> and so we put these blinders on and said, hey, if it doesn't make me 120, it doesn't make me 150, it doesn't make a 3x, it doesn't do this, I'm not touching it. Well, right now is the time where you might have to decide, okay, hey, again, I just said I bought a bunch of cheaper properties, spent 31 grand on eight properties. That's not expensive stuff. But I know that's going to bring me back close to 90 grand. So what does that do for somebody in a salary for a year, two years, three years? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, any uh, when you because we are so spoiled and like greedy, I guess. Because <laughs> when you think of any house investor, like yeah. they're 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 looking twenty percent. I mean, thirty percent, twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. And then when they do, they're screaming at the mountains how successful they are. Yeah, right. And I just think I yeah. don't know any land investor who was like, I'm a I'm a uh, buy for seventy five and sell for a hundred. Like I'm gonna do that all all day. Yeah, we would go. Why would you even <laughs> waste your time? And I've said that on a couple of deals this last week, and I feel bad about it, but. You know, and maybe if I was a fund and I had to make 8% or make 10%, it would be a different thing. But it's that, it's the idea of what we do on a normal basis. You know, it's like, okay, hey, well, this is going to, this norm, this money normally should bring back this. I understand that right now, you like you said, it might be the time to start sending more mail. It might be the time to start texting. It might be the time just to get looking at more deals and you buy quality assets. And I'm not telling you to go out and spend a ton of money. And I don't think you are either mm -hmm. on shit. You're yeah. saying good access usable, nice topography, non-flood zone, buy it, maybe clean it up a little bit, sell it quick. Mm -hmm. You always hear that too, that like 
there's more millionaires made in a recession than any other time, right? Yeah, I've never heard that before, but oh, I'm haven't? listening to no, no. It's because I think you know everything's on sale. Yeah, if you have money, you can go out and buy it cheap. Yeah, that, you, and that makes sense, especially when you use bank money or you're using like a, a appreciating asset or something of that nature. So if I bought it at sixty grand, and all of a sudden just by holding on to it through the recession or mm. flipping it like a house or apartment complex or, you know, land, if you can land bank for a little bit, mm. it goes back up. Yeah, because if we'd really truly do go into something like, let's just call it like 08, 09 era. Yeah. Which I, I don't, I would hard pressed to see that again. Yeah. But if you, if we do and you know what you're doing and you have money, you're going to be able to steal. Yeah. Steal properties. I, I, you know, so you say that and. Um, you know, Josh, we, friend of the show, but I was talking to him Wednesday, Thursday, and he was like, dude, you can put together some loans right now. He goes, I got some houses that right now are just killing it. Uh, what we're seeing because the wholesale model that was working where these guys were able to fudge the ARV a little bit because the market was moving so hot. So they were, they were kind of doing that. They were paying for houses right now. They're making 50 and $60,000 rips off these houses, but you're having to hold them a little bit. So you, what you're going to have to do is go in and buy them, rent them for a year. And then when the market stabilizes and they need to go back on the market, you're going to do really well. And so you see some investors already making that shift. But the reason I say that some investors are making shift, there's some investors just washing out because they don't have the hold power. They've been used to making these five, ten thousand $10,000 quick assignment fees and dumping them off to people that were getting low interest rates and just going to hold them and they weren't making any money. There was no equity in the deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had kind of mentioned something the other day that I keep going back and forth in my head because you're like, I think we're going to see a lot of people wash out wash out yeah, yeah. it's like it's like the uh market's gonna tank and the people who are just like used to making a ton of money off of shit basically mm -hmm. you know like they'll be gone because they, yeah. they've overpaid to begin with and now, and now they're gone so it's more important now than ever to like buy those good deals and because we're gonna have the ability i, I think it's time to be greedy like you're, you're gonna have every opportunity you need to get out there and do it. And I want to I want to clarify cuz I want to make sure I understand what you mean by be greedy. That means go after attack and buy good uh, get to the table, get ready to eat. Yeah. Put your money to work. That's right. Okay, I just want to make sure because I don't want people to think Adam said be greedy and you're buying a bunch of shit out there. You're out there just no, no, no. you're at CC's just eating everything you can. You're being gluttonous. There's a difference between gluttonous and greedy in this situation. No. Tactically greedy, I guess is probably a good term. You're being very spot on and intentional in what you're doing. Yeah. Continue with that CC's metaphor if like if i go to cc's uh -huh. i always overeat and i feel like death when i leave uh-huh so if you go out and you buy a bunch of land that makes you feel like death afterwards then you have completely <laughs> done this wrong no but if you go to that <laughs> one little barbecue which one is that did you have you you've been there i think you told me about it uh, the brazilian oh, yeah. pizza should uh oh, what is it um, called I just want to blank on the term. I know I'm gonna have somebody, Carl. You're gonna to have to correct this. I think there's only two places. I know, but it's like the ch the it's, Brazilian it's like Texas de Brazil. Yeah, it's, it's like a Brazilian pizza. steakhouse, but they have yeah. a name for Brazilian steakhouse, but it's pizza instead. Yeah, churrascaria. Yes, that something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. But one little thing, I know you brought in Warren Buffett and talked about a quote that he made. And so one thing that I saw and been, I got challenged at the live event by uh, JT and Brian. Uh, shout out um, to read a little bit more, and they've been giving me books and stuff. And so then I've taken that and followed some other books. But in one of the books I read, it's um, How You Rate Your Life. Um, somebody said it was mind-blowing. I haven't been blown away by it yet. But there was one thing that I saw in there that he mentioned. He said 93% of all successful new companies had to abandon their original strategy. So right now is one of those times with when it's getting kind of turbulent. You're kind of wondering, what do I do? You may have to abandon the original plan of saying, hey, I buy for this and I sell for this. It may be, let's make a profit and move on. It, it may be... I'm not only cash deals. I may say, hey, I can take this down payment and these payments over long term. 
you know, you you may have to say my original plan was I'm only going to do cash flips and they're all going to be bought for 10 and sold for 30. It may say, hey, I'm going to buy stuff between 5 and 15 and I'm going to try to just get at least a double on it and get in and get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of when we first got started, you know. Mm-hmm. So what was the, it was the first whatever episodes of this where it was like, you know, I'm cash flow and you're cash flips and there's yeah. the debate. And, yeah. And that's what I think we both like at the time, I don't know if it was intentional or what, but that's what I really wanted. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then it just like morphed over time and then it continues to morph and then the podcast morphs and then the educate everything. It's, it's a just, if you, it reminds me of that. If you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, I agree. There's a pivot that has to happen. It keeps going. And I, I think that right now I've been for like the last week, I've been chasing balloon payments and what amortization schedules look like. Cause I've always, I was just like, and I, I've said this on the show before and I can't explain it, but there's, I just have this weird feeling of, I don't call it void or just like some like understanding, like I'm missing something's not connecting when you talk about how interest is really created and what it does. And when you talk about at the bank level or the fed level and how this happens. And so I've, I've even bought the book. Uh, was it, um, the monster of Jekyll Island? I think that's what it's called. Uh, and it talked about the fed and things like that. And I haven't read it all. I've just read, uh, kind of excerpts out of it, but, um, just how that all works. And so I, this week I did a couple drills. I was like, okay, if I put a if I put same sixty thousand dollar note on our amortization schedule for twelve years, or I did a ten year balloon and did a twenty five year ammo, what is my monthly difference and what is what does it look like after ten years or twelve years? And the amount of money that you still have on paper, like the worth of Justin Inc. Adam Inc. is astronomical. And I was like, okay, well let's just add a zero to that. So if it's sixty thousand now it's six hundred grand in notes, what does that look like? And then what's your net worth still at that? And after and so doing that your net worth still a half a million dollars in paper not counting the interest after the 10 years mm-hmm. i mean i'd like to be a half millionaire for doing the exact same thing i'm doing anyways with a take less like a hundred dollars less a month or 120 dollars less a month and i was like holy crap yeah that's why that guy does this yeah you're not the only one like i feel like that's been the conversation about things like that yeah not exactly but it's been a lot of conversation about things like that from the people that we know that are doing a lot of things or they're working on bigger things like yeah you can see everyone's mind is opening up to like okay what's 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 next what's next yeah what's what's the next piece and for me i've always said the money is where it's at being the money having the money being the money on both sides and figuring that portion out and what that looks like even to the point of hey do we go buy a small bank in some small town north dakota and and then put that put a land branch in there and just start loaning out money so i i don't know what that looks like again but it's again it's the conversation it's a pivot. It's the, hey, how do we be, I hate the word greed in this situation because it doesn't sound greedy to me, but it's going after it. It's being intentional and going after everything that you can get and cleaning the sweeping the corners is probably the better term. Mm-hmm. We know someone in like the North Dakota area <laughs> who's probably in some way or another fashion has a bank or could get a bank. <laughs> he has, he has access to all the data of all failing banks in the United States. He's already told me that. Uh, <laughs> so. Interesting though, but I, a, a great conversation today. I think it was really, really good. Cool. I did too. All right. We'll end it there. All right. Perfect. All right. That's it, guys. Um, as always, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Give us a like to follow, subscribe. And then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're like listening to us, like, review, and subscribe. So appreciate it. Love you. See you next Friday. See you next Friday, guys.